we, we've had some challenges here over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, but, but through it all, God has brought us through. We, uh, Sunday before last, phone calls begin to come in. Someone didn't feel good, tested positive. Then another called in. Then, and, and, you know, so, so out of the abundance of caution on last Sunday, we said, you know, because as a pastor of the church, my, my heart is for the people of God. It's this, you know, we, we, God has given us a sound mind. And so we shut down the church and just a handful of us was here on Zoom. And all of those who were afflicted, they're doing fine now. And we're just, we're just grateful. So uh, uh, still, you know, and that's why, you know, some are thin today. But uh, my uh, caution to them is just, you know, relax, you know, tune in via whatever uh, uh, method we're on. <laughs> but and we'll come back together in, in worship and praise. Uh, myself, I was sick all week long, and I didn't know what was wrong. And I uh, wasn't feeling good at all, and even called a nurse over here. <laughs> you know, but uh, come to find out, I had uh, some kind of E. coli infection out of nowhere. And uh, so the doctor was on vacation. Yeah, the urgent care, they sent said, we're going to send a prescription in. To this day, it never came in. This was last Tuesday. The, that's why we got to trust God. We have to trust the Lord. So, so the, the, my doctor who's on vacation, she calls and says, well, just to make sure it's not this or that, we're going to give you this real strong antibiotic. And man, I was like a zombie. And I was sick for like three days. But thanks be unto God. God stepped in, uh, Elder Witherspoon, and he turned things around and showed these folks what to do and what needed to be done. And I'm able to stand here today and give God glory and praise because I couldn't have stood here two days ago. Couldn't have stood here two days ago. And I, I just thank God for Jesus, you see, because uh, he's the source of our help. He's the source of our strength. He's our healer and our deliverer. And I say, you know, I, I share that because I'm not saying mine, 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 which he is personal. But if we sit here today and we love the Lord, we are blessed. We are so blessed. We have relationships. We are blessed. Husbands and wives, God has allowed us to have. And, you know, and, and so my wife, you know, the scripture says he'll give you a, a he told Adam, I'm going to give you a, a helper. A help me suitable for you. No doubt I look real bad because <laughs> I'm going to tell you all this because my wife is going to share today. She said, you know what? I shared a word for you today. I said, praise the Lord. And so the other day I told her, I said, well, seemed like my eyes feel a little, look like they kind of white again. And she looked at me, she said, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like oh, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but praise the Lord. I thank God for her. And she's not just a willy-nilly someone to share the word of God, but this woman loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And she was instrumental in me coming to know Jesus. Praise God. I won't go through my testimony. Most, <laughs> most of you all know it. But the Lord blessed her, put her back in my life after almost three years of divorce. And I began to go to church with her. And I began to hear the word of God. And now here we are 42 years later. And in ministry for the last 10 years. And I say, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So in the midst of it all, saints, we give God all the glory. We give him the honor and we give him the praise. So at this time, uh, my dear friend precious wife, Sister Sandra Perry, she's going to come 
because uh, she told me, she said, the Lord gave me a word. I said, a word? <laughs> I said, well, praise the Lord. Come on with the word. Amen. Come on, sister. God bless you. Lord, praise the Lord. We honor the Lord for his goodness. Will you bow your hearts with me for a moment? Father God in heaven, we come to you just for these next few moments to share your word with your people, your creation. We ask, oh God, that you just use me as a vessel, a vessel of honor to deliver your word that someone, somewhere, who does not know you will come to know you. And someone who does know you, all those that do know you, will be inspired and encouraged to trust you the more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Uh, my little thought today is encourage someone to look for Jesus. You know, I got this, 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 this feeling, you know, looking out among society that everybody is looking for something. They don't know what they're looking for. If you stop and do a survey and you ask someone, you know, I'm from whatever news station, and I just want to know, what are your desires in life? What are you looking for? And some will say, I'm looking for happiness. Someone may say they're looking for a mate. Someone may say they're looking for a lot of money. Uh, they're looking for children. They haven't been able to have any, or they are looking for this, that, and the other. But I venture to say, because there's a, a God-shaped hole in the soul of every living being, that really they're looking for Jesus. And they just don't know it. And so we as believers, it's our job to point them to Jesus. So I was, I was getting excited, and, and, and I'm telling you, when the Lord started downloading to me, you know, we're in flesh, and we can only take so much. When you look at Daniel and some of the old patriarchs, um, as God downloaded to them, they got sick. Um, one, one, who was it? Ezekiel said, when God told him, eat the whole roll, and he said, it, oh, it tastes good. It tastes sweet. But then it got in him, and it became bitter, sour. And so uh, I was getting excited as God was downloading to me, and then I started getting crazy because I was like, okay, I want to tell the people, oh, I want to see him. The song says, just to look upon his face, there I'll sing forever of his saving grace. And on the streets of glory, let me lift my voice, because cares are past. I'll be home at last, ever to rejoice. I said, God, that's what I want to tell him. But he said, you tell him, encourage someone to look for Jesus. So I said, okay, <laughs> you are God. And I said, I will obey. The um, passage of scripture uh, that encouraged my soul, as soon as I opened to it in the first chapter of the book of Luke, Luke qualifies. It's called Luke's introduction, but it says, verses 1 through 4, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fully excuse me, that have been fulfilled among us. Verse 2 says, they use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Verse 3 says, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have 
decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So Luke is saying, I'm going to lay it out to you. And it is the truth. And this way, this will help you as you go out to tell somebody about Jesus because this is the truth and you've been taught. So I got excited when I looked at uh, the, um, the announcements of how people introduce Jesus. So if we look at the first chapter of, 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 of the book of Luke and we look in um, the 26th verse, I'm going to try to make this thing do what I need it to do. We have an angel in these passages of Scripture. A messenger from heaven. This particular angel is Gabriel. And if you look in Scripture, I mean, there are, there are, there are descriptions of things that we would say, wow, really? You know, like the one that has the wings, the two wings, that he flies the two wings Woof, that Isaiah saw, the six wings. Some of this stuff in our natural mind, it's over our head. It freaks us, freaks us out. I, I used to have a coworker and her son, when he would get excited, he would say, that freaks my head down. <laughs> some, of, some of the things that are described in Scripture, it, it freaks my head up. <laughs> Because I want to always look up. But here we have Gabriel. Now, Gabriel had already visited Elizabeth. Well, he actually had visited Zachariah. I want to make sure I'm saying it right. The the priest, Elizabeth's husband. And um, they had their little interaction. And Elizabeth, uh, when, when, when the priest goes home after serving his time in the temple... He has this interaction with his wife, and she becomes pregnant, and she's old. But that's nothing for God. So in the 26th verse, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So she's already six months along the way carrying John the baptizer. And he was kind of strange, too. But he had a message, because he was the forerunner of Christ, his cousin. Verse 26 says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. That's strange. She's a virgin. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now that's scary already. (laughs) Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Verse 30, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Now here, Gabriel, the angel from heaven, is is telling her about Jesus. So 32 says, he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of the of his ancestor, David. And and that's a fulfillment of prophecy right there. One of many prophecies, Uh, one looking at Genesis 49, uh, verse 10, where 
where where where uh, Jacob is about to go off the scene. He's getting ready to take his flight to glory, and and he's blessing his sons. And and verse ten, this the, uh, when 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 uh, Jacob got to Judah, the the younger one, he he says the scepter royalty shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh, hallelujah, till the Messiah, the peaceful one comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. So that was a, that was a prophecy, one of many prophecies being fulfilled. But Gabriel's announcing to Mary, girl, you're going to have a son. And she's like, not me, because I ain't did nothing. And he said, it's, this, is, this is different. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. Um, what would they call that? Well, they can't call that anything like that. But uh, we, we got surrogate mothers. Somebody else will be implanted to carry. But this is going to be fully God and fully man. Amazing. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And, and then Mary asked the angel, angel, you know, how can I? I'm a virgin. And he tells her the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And so the baby to be born will, will be holy and he'll be called the son of God, the son of the Most High. So Gabriel is pointing Mary in the direction of looking for Jesus. Then um, Luke 2, um, the second chapter I love this. This blesses my spirit. Verse 7 says, She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him. People didn't want him. Now, now this, that's the enemy. The enemy doesn't want Jesus here. He doesn't want Jesus in our hearts. He doesn't want Jesus in our lives. And so he tries to make it uncomfortable, tries to make it hard. But Mary did the best she could. She wrapped him up. She's wrapping up the word. She carried the word. Oh, my God. She birthed the word. And she's presenting him to the world. She's telling people, come see this son of God. Son of mine, the son of man, the son of God. The one that takes away the sins of the world. She presented him. So she wrapped him up real good and laid him in the manger because there was no lodging available for them. But this is, this is what gets me in addition to everything else. That night there were shepherds. Now they were minding their own business, tending to the flock. And here comes the angel. Suddenly, verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. Can you imagine? Uh, because I believe since back then, there were no street lights. You know, there were no helicopters flying overhead with lights. There were no cars driving by with lights. And in this darkness, you see this radiant being. That's got to be, that's got to freak your head up. <laughs> But he says, uh, it appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory 
surrounded them. They were terrified. Now, this is the night that Mary put Jesus in the manger. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That's what Jesus does. He brings good news and great joy to all the people. Even when we're going through, he brings good news and great joy. Thank you, Lord. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. Hallelujah. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. And then verse 15 says, When the angels had returned to heaven, can't you see this heavenly host first just appear? And they're singing praises unto our Lord and Savior. And then they disappear, they, they head back to heaven. Now, who was it, Jacob, that wrestled with an angel? Uh, was he the same one that saw the, the stair step, the angels coming up and down? My God, it freaks my head up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So this is, this is the response, because when you hear the word, there's a response. So... Verse 15 says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. (laughs) Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and, and there was the baby lying in the manger. My God, my God. Um, Verse 20 says, the shepherds went back to the flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just an angel. It was just, it was just as the angel had told them. Now, it's been revealed to old man Simeon that he would not die before seeing Jesus. So after Jesus, uh, uh, those, those few days after when it's time for circumcision and Mary's time of purification has passed, then they go to the temple. So in the same chapter, Luke, uh, second chapter of Luke, verse 25 says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly, eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. He's coming to rescue Israel? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. What a revelation. The angel whispered into his ear. Man, you ain't leaving earth until you see Jesus for yourself. What a blessing. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required. Verse 28, Simeon was there. Look at God. 
Simeon, he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I really believe that everybody's looking for something and that something is Jesus. And some just don't know it. That's why I truly disagree when you hear people say, parents say, well, no, I won't take my children to church because I want them to grow up and make their own decision. If you don't present them options, they won't know it's Jesus that they need to see. So I, 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 let, let's fast forward a little bit. I don't know how Jairus, now Jesus has grown up, there's the time, I mean, there's, there's so many instances in Scripture we, we couldn't bear to take the, the time all day, all year, all, all years uh, to, yes, all of our lives and even then into eternity to explain the times. There's a passage in Scripture that says, if everything that Jesus did was written in a book, the world couldn't contain it. <laughs> so we certainly can't take the time today, but just to tell a little bit on it. So I... I <laughs> I was looking at Jairus, and I said, I don't know, uh, Jarius, Jairus, I don't know who encouraged him to seek Jesus out. But he had a 12-year-old daughter, and it was his only child. I mean, not that you got any to spare, but it was his only child. And she was, she was dying. And somebody told him about the man, Jesus, who heals the sick who raises the dead. And so Jairus sought after Jesus. He was looking for Jesus, and he came to Jesus and found him and told him the, the situation. And I thought it was really ironic that at the same time that this is going on, we have the woman with the issue of blood. She suffered for 12 years also. So here you have a 12-year-old dying, a little girl dying, and you have a woman who for 12 years has been bleeding almost to death. Doctors couldn't fix it. And she looked for Jesus. I don't know who told her to go find him. I don't know. But I'm glad that they did. Because the, the, the 19th chapter of, of, of Luke talks about it. He gives an account. Because remember, he said, he, he told Theophilus, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you about the Things that were seen and done and said. I don't know um, who told them, but they they got it on. They got it together. They got it together. Uh, excuse me, that was Luke. Did I get the wrong? That was Luke, the eighth chapter. I'm sorry, not the nineteenth chapter. The nineteenth chapter of Luke is dealing with Zacchaeus. <laughs> so he was a little man. He's a little short in stature. That's that's okay. There are a lot of men, some big, some little, some it's all right. But but he heard, he got a revelation that his life needed Jesus. He was a tax collector, so he didn't have that many friends. You know. We we even this day don't care for the IRS. <laughs> So, but what transpired was a lot of the tax collectors, you know, they was taking a little money off the top. And this man had gotten rich. 
But he had this revelation, and he wanted to see Jesus. I'm amazed because the songwriter, as I said earlier, says, Oh, I want to see him, to look upon his face. Jairus couldn't quite see him because he was short and the crowd was thronged and he couldn't see him, so he got this idea, I'll climb up in the sycamore tree. It's amazing to me, our Lord and Savior Jesus, who we look for, is looking for us. Because he got to that tree where Jairus was, Jairus was, excuse me, Zacchaeus, thank you, where Zacchaeus was in, and Jesus looked up and said, as my granddaughter said when she was going to Christian school, boy, come down from that tree. I got to go to your house today. Amazing. I can see him shimmying down the tree. You, you know what it's like when we, were, when we were little kids. We can't do it today. I, most of us can't. I won't say all of us. We climb up a tree when we were kids. We, we, we dare not. Most of us dare not today. But I can see Zacchaeus shimmying down because the master is calling. And can you see him standing before Jesus? Something happened to that man when he stood before the Lord. He said, in, thank you, God. Luke 19. Who bless your name. Verse 5, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, quickly, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. Zacchaeus quickly came down and, 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 and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. I'm going to skip over verse 7, 8, come back to it. Because I want, I want to say this. Uh, verse 7. But verse 8 says, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Right? I mean, he's, he's looking at Jesus. He's fellowshipping with the Savior. And he's saying, you know what? <laughs> what I got, half of it, I'm going to give to the poor. And he said, and if I cheated anybody, on their taxes, I'm going to give it back four, four, fourfold, four times as much. That amazes me because I know when I came to Jesus, half of my goods, oh God, you gave me a heart to give to the poor. Not only that, but to give up of myself those things that were not healthy, those things that were not well. Thank you, God. He does something to you. You can't meet him and stay the same. He has a reaction. He, he causes a reaction. Now, now I just want to jump back up to verse 7 because when, when, when Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, you got the haters that said, mm, if he knew who he was dealing with, a sinner, he wouldn't be going to his house. Zacchaeus had a visit from the king of glory. And it brought a lasting effect as it does on all of us when we meet Jesus face to face. 
So Jesus responded, verse 9, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who were lost. Thank you, Lord. We need to, as believers, we, we got to, we got to inspire. We got to encourage. We got to do whatever we can to help people find Jesus. To help them realize that's who you're looking for. Jeremiah 29, verse 12 through 14 in the Message Bible says, When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. How many times have you had a conversation with somebody and you said, You ain't listening to me? Never our Savior. Verse 13 through 14, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. That's God's decree. Thank you, Lord. He says, I'll turn things around for you. Thank you, God. I'll bring you back from all the countries into which I drove you. God's decree. Bring you home to the place from which I sent you off into exile. You can count on it. God has a plan for us. That's uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, our pet scripture here at Three Peace. He has plans for us. Not to harm us, but to do us good. Oh, I want to see him. <laughs> face to face. We talked about him in, in uh, Power Hour this morning, Revelation 21. A new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I was saying to my husband this morning, and I'm wrapping up. I was saying to my husband that um, they they talk about global warming, you know, and I, and I'm not trying to be political at all. But I believe that we're getting very very close to the end, and global warming could be a very much a part of it because this Earth. And the heavens that we can see, it's, it's going away. God said, I'm going to do a new thing. Something that's going to be so pure and so clean and so unpolluted. I think I heard someone say, why a new heaven? Did I hear somebody say that today? And I was like, look at the stuff that they didn't shot up in the air. All this stuff that's crashing around and stuff. And they're about to get ugly on the space station. How are you going to be all these different countries represented and now y'all want to fight? Somebody want to fight. That's flesh. We need Jesus. People need Jesus. Because he's the prince of peace. We need Jesus. So we, we're going to get to see him. Verse 3 says in Revelations 21, I heard a loud shout from the throne. John the Revelator saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them 
and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Camille, you know, for years, anytime I spoke, anytime I shared the word, this was one of my favorite scriptures. Because I cried so much. I still cry. I don't know what he's going to use. But it's something he's going to put on the inside that nothing will ever touch our heart to want to cry again. Amazing God. This was one of my one of my favorite passages of, of, of scripture for years and years. But I kind of, I kind of uh, looking more now towards uh, verse 22 and through 25 in Revelations 21. I saw no temple in the city. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon. We were talking about that this morning. Because we were talking about gravitational pull. And we are talking about stuff that we don't really know that much about. Because <laughs> we, we're not scientists. But we watch the science channel. And we get, we, get, we get to hear things that are good. But can you imagine? No sun. We see that sun. That sun has been rising and setting. Rising in the east. Setting in the west. Ever since God said so. It has not stopped. But in verse 23 says city will have no need for a sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the lamb of God is its light and then this point the nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory no more chaos no more bickering no more fighting no more I can't get over the fact that we fight over land that does not belong to us anyway Everything belongs to God. And we fight and kill one another over it. It's ridiculous. Verse 25. Its gates will never be closed at the end of day because there is no night there. Last night we heard three. Boom, boom, boom. Loud shots. And I went because it was right outside the front of the house. And I was sitting in the front of the house and I was you know, what me? They didn't get me, but you you never know. I mean, that's just how quickly things happen nowadays. But there, there'll be no night there, because you know men love darkness because their deeds are evil. They do a lot of stuff undercover, but they didn't got so bold. They do it in broad daylight now. But there, there will be none of that because, and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. One passage of scripture says there will be, at verse 27, nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who participates or practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Thanks be unto God. We have to point people to Jesus. God bless you. Praise God. Did you enjoy that? Praise God. A good word. Directly connected to the morning message, the morning power lesson. I thought she was just taking all my notes, just putting them all in there. Praise God. So we thank God. We thank God for those that are here and those that are in uh, 
what's the name of our new thing now? YouTube and the and the other one, Facebook. Oh, we're still Facebook Live, Facebook and YouTube. So God bless you this this afternoon. We thank God for the Word of God. We thank God for Pastor getting better, and we thank God for Sister Sandy uh, uh, taking over the 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 work. Where Pastor, you know, need need a little rest this morning. Amen. That's a blessing. So uh, we thank God, and we hope that you heard something this morning that will. Uh, like she said, encourage you, something that will, uh, you know, when you leave here that you can take with you uh, about the things of God, right? Uh, you know, and her message is what? That we share the word of God. We tell the world that what they need is Jesus Christ. And she said the same thing we said all the time, that we are made with a God-shaped void and emptiness in our soul that God is the only thing will fit it. You can't put a square peg into a round hole. It doesn't fit. And the same way that there's a God shaped void in your soul, you can try to fill it with money. You can try to fill it with sex. You can try to fill it with, you know, good times. And, and, you know, the, you, but we look at the people that have all this stuff. They're not happy. Because they're trying to fill that hole with stuff that don't fit. God's the only thing that fits. It's not, it's not that having money and having things and having, you know, position and different things is bad. But if God doesn't fill your void, you're not going to be fulfilled. You need to be fulfilled, not just have stuff. But you want to have fulfillment. You want to have completeness. This is why the scripture tells us what we are complete. How in him, in Christ, we talked about that. What was it? Thursday night, all the, the, the verses in the book of, uh, what was it? Ephesians. We're still in Ephesians, right? Yeah. All those, all the times in Ephesians, it says in him, in Christ, in him. That's where our fulfillment comes at. When we are in him, we are complete in him. We thank God. Sister Sandy, let's give the Lord a hand praise and um, thank God for all those that have had COVID and different things that uh, God has delivered them from. God has brought healing. Uh, We thank God how God has uh, fixed our problems. Many of us have had financial issues that God has come in and done miracles. We thank God for Pastor Fausto. We thought that he was going to be out of here, and the Lord raised him up. He's back. To, he's talking again. Is that right, Pastor? It came. Yes. So the Lord is still still in the in the in the healing business, and we also remember uh, when you pray for Pastor Fausto. Pastor Fausto had asked for prayer for his son. So keep his son in mind, and keep all of our children in mind, especially our children that don't know the Lord, Um, you know, we pray for them because, you know, of all the things that we wish for our kids, we always wish for the best for our children. We want them to have the best. We want them to have lives even better than our own lives. We want them to have, you know, good jobs, good, good, good homes, you know. But if you don't want them to, you want them to have the best. The best thing, if you really love your child, is to give them Jesus. That's the best thing. That's the best thing. If you give them Jesus, all the other stuff is good. 
but give him the best. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're going to pray and we're going to call on the Lord. We got, oh, that's right. It's, it's communion Sunday. So we're going to uh, 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 have the communion. Let, let us get ready. All those that are, that are uh, preparing the communion table, let's do that real quick. Amen. And then we're going to pass the cup around and... Uh, uh, we need a, a little song or something, uh, sister, uh, sister, sister. Our, all, of you, all of you that are here, we don't have our musician today. She's uh, as as uh, uh, sister uh, Sandy said, she's uh, back east, uh, Mar- Martha's Vineyard, doing some work. Amen. Um, and um, so we thank God that she has been blessed with the opportunity and the. The vision she has has a ministry going on over there, and as we get ready to serve the communion, I guess we need. Uh, let's see. Maybe you can pull up um, the blood. Got it. Okay. As we prepare um, for the communion, I think she's trying to pull up a song for us. I may have to just do it myself. Okay, there's a song that... uh, Okay, there we go. Are we going to have words up? I hope we can get the words of this song because I like this song. I am grateful for the things that you have done. I guess I'm doing it myself. I'm grateful for the victories. We've won. Market go on and on and on about your word because I'm grateful, so grateful, Lord. Know you, Lord. I can't remember the words either. Great. My heart. Okay, you need to come on over here and quit playing. For the visions of 
my heart its gratefulness if you know that help me out all right Lauren needs to come out front and quit playing and hiding in there let's see if we get the words again here we've won there it is and I'm grateful for the things that you have done I could go on and on and on about your works because I'm grateful, grateful, so grateful, Lord, so you, Lord. There it is. Growing from my heart is the visions of my heart. It's gratefulness. All right. Okay, I guess that's it, huh? Amen. Thank you for putting up with us. <laughs> Amen. We're going to go ahead and institute our Lord's Supper. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to stop there. We're going to go ahead and serve. Make sure you, if you can't find the, con the combination, let me know.
This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying, This cup is the New Testament, new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Amen. One more behind you, Pastor. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of the sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you're really hungry, eat at home so that you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I'll give you instructions about the other matters after I arrive. Amen. We thank God for this opportunity as we've come together and fellowship. Paul says all the things he had been through, he says, I count as loss, as dung for the excellency of the knowledge of, of God. He said to know him. To know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering being conformed unto his death. We want to be like Jesus, which means we have to go where he went. We have to suffer the way he suffered. We have to go through what he went through. We are in him, so we don't have to do it personally. He did it in our, in our stead. He, he suffered for us. He died for us. He was in the, in the, in the tomb for three days, the third day day he rose again when he rose we rose when he ascended we ascended the scripture says that we are seated in heavenly places in christ amen Amen. isn't that a blessing give the lord a hand praise and then we'll go ahead and we will uh pray those that have needs we already know uh, that there's needs i don't know about let me know um most everybody's recovering from covid uh, we know there are others that are having other issues. I have a, a niece. Her name is Arzelia. Pray for her. Uh, she's got diverticulitis. And so she's been been having some issues with that. Um, uh, there are, somebody remind me. Who, who, there's somebody else uh, that needs prayer. Who needs prayer? 
Pastor Fausto, yeah, continue to pray for Pastor Fausto and his family. Camille, I, I can't hear you. Every Okay, pray for everybody. Okay. The Lord knows. Okay. So let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, this afternoon we say thank you once again for you have been good. Your mercy endures to all generations. Lord, we thank you for this day. This is the day that you made. We rejoice and are glad in it. We thank you for how you blessed us. We thank you for how you visited with us this morning, this afternoon, through your word. We thank you for your word. Your word is life and light. We thank you, Lord. We hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Your word is powerful, it's living, and we thank you for your word, for your word changes hearts. You said your word would not return void, but it would accomplish the thing wherewith you sent it. And so we thank you. We thank you for being here because your word is why we're here. We found out, Lord, from somebody telling us about your word. Somebody told us that Jesus saves and we find ourselves saved today. And so, Father, send us out. You said to to the prophet, who will go for us? Who can we send? And he said, here am I, send me. And so, Lord, we are here to say today, send me. Send us, God. Send us out, Lord, so that we can tell others that there is a need that they have that can only be filled with Jesus we thank you, Lord, for the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. He's got to be Lord of our lives, Lord of our days. He's got to be Lord of all that we do and say. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for those that are here this morning, those in Facebook Live and on YouTube. We thank you, Father, because your word has gone forth. You, we thank you, Lord, with, that your spirit takes your word and it plants those words, that word like seed into our hearts, that it might bring forth much fruit, Lord. And when it brings forth much fruit, you are glorified. We thank you today. We thank you for those hearts that have been touched. We thank you for every home represented. We thank you for the cry of our hearts, for our families, our marriages, our conditions, our situations. Lord, we thank you for hearing our cry for the world and the world leaders and the wars that are raging and the wars that are impending and the earthquakes. And we thank you, Lord, for knowing all about the storms and the floods and those things that are going on in Kentucky, those people that have lost homes, those lives that have been lost. God, we know that you know, and so we leave it in your hands. We thank you, Lord, for the bereaved families, those that have lost loved ones, Lord, because we know that you're the Lord. You're the God of all comfort. You're the God of all strength this morning, this afternoon. We thank you, Father, for who you are. You're all that we need today. You're almighty. You're all-knowing. You're ever-present. You say you love us to the, until the end. And so, Father, we thank you. There's nothing that can separate us from your love. And, Father, as we leave this place, prepare our hearts as we go home or to our various destinations to remember these things which we have heard, Lord, that we can take something home with us that will benefit us, that will bless us, that will remind us, God, of who we are, how we are ambassadors carrying a message from heaven to the lost down here on earth. So we thank you today, God, that that box on the wall for our tithes and offerings, God, bless it for every heart that gave. Bless each giving heart today. We use it to your glory, for you alone deserve the glory. You deserve the honor and the praise this afternoon. We praise you and thank you for all these things. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. 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 God bless you. Praise God.